over the past four weeks, we have kind of situated ourselves in um, the the prophet Isaiah, who is speaking to a people who find themselves in exile. They have been taken, oh, hold on, friends. They have been taken captive, um, the things you don't learn in seminary. They have been taken captive uh, by the Babylonians, and um, God's people, who are, are known to be the chosen ones, are wondering when is it that God is going to come and turn their situation and their circumstance around. And I believe that it is a beautiful thing during the season of Advent uh, that we hear the words of the prophet Isaiah, who actually began to speak about this coming Messiah who is going to turn everything around for God's people uh, in Israel. That we too might hear the words of the prophet Isaiah and not think that they were words that were meant for people way long time ago, but even as we find ourselves in our desperate places, even when we sometimes feel like we are exiled from our own lives, that we can hear these words with a sense of hope, that the God that we serve in the midst of Advent is a God of reversals who will remind us that the Christmas gift is the gift that turns everything around. And so this uh, morning as um, we launch into our scripture lesson from Isaiah chapter 35, beginning with the first verse and ending with the 10th verse, I pray that you would not hear these words just with your human ears, but that you would hear these words with the ears of your heart, that you would recognize that these particular words were spoken to a people who were exiled, who were in the midst of chaos and despair, and how it is that they might have heard these words when they were falling from the prophet's lips. Friends, how it is that we might hear these words in the midst of our own life circumstances. So hear now these words in Isaiah chapter 35. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. God will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp and the grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, for, shall, shall be there nor, any, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall pee upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away.
to the people who were in exile. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come designed with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? God, we know that these are not old words. These are words that are spoken to us in due season. These are words that you're speaking to us right now in this season. And so we ask, oh God, that these words would not just be consonants and vowels that fall to the ground, but that, Lord, you would hold these words in the palm of your hands, that they might somehow take root in our hearts, that these words might be lived out in our lives. That you who are the God of reversals, spoken of and proclaimed in scripture, might be the God of reversals made known in our lives by the power of your word and Holy Spirit. So would you take my words hostage? so that they might be your words alone. Would you speak to us, O God? Still our hearts and still our minds, that there might be fertile ground for your word to land upon. That this word that we hear this day might be a word that covers all of our days and that we might too rejoice. We ask this in the strong name of your son, Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God who is with us through the power of your word. Amen. You know, if you have been um, shopping over the past three weeks, I am certain that uh, you have heard lots of holiday music, and you have probably heard these lyrics. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And you know, while um, this season is filled with lots of awe and wonder, people will say to see Christmas or to see Advent through the eyes of children or through the eyes of those who have not ever gotten to experience this season before, that there's something really beautiful about it. But this is what I also know as a pastor, and this is also what you know, is that this can also be the most difficult time of the year. For anyone who might be underemployed or unemployed, the very thought of having to find enough to buy some gifts doesn't feel so wonderful. Uh, for, for individuals uh, who might have some difficulty within their family dynamics, wondering how it is that they're going to navigate their families this year, this time of the year might not feel so wonderful. And for individuals in particular who have experienced loss at some point in time in the 11 months of this year, to know that someone won't be sitting around the tree or won't be sitting across from the table or they won't have any gifts underneath the tree, this isn't always the most wonderful time of the year. You know, um, even though I recognize that Advent is about watching and waiting and longing and yearning and striving and, and, and recognizing where the world is broken, it wasn't until December 14, 2012 that I really began to understand the weight and the weightiness of Advent. Some of you might remember that day, December 14, 2012. I was sitting on my armchair watching NBC when the news began to filter in about this town called Newtown, Connecticut, and this elementary school called Sandy Hook. December 14th, which would have been about the third week of Advent, 
in 2012. Do you know for those parents of those five and six-year-olds, this week, many of them would have been 12 and 13-year-olds. Seven years ago, they mark time differently because this world is weary. And while we might want to sing, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It can be the most weary time of the year. There was one particular mother of a little girl named Anna Grace who died in the tragedy in Newtown at Sandy Hook. Um, this mother's name is uh, Nelba Marquez Green, and I love Nelba Marquez Green because of the way in which she was able to navigate this tragedy in her daughter's life. Once when um, Nelba was, um, she was interviewed, she talked about the day before December 14th, December 13th, 2012. Her daughter, Anna Grace, who was five years old at the time, had gotten a little bit rambunctious like five-year-olds get, and she had accidentally knocked over the nativity set. Baby Jesus was in pieces on the ground. And to try to calm everything down, because it was just one of those days when you have a five-year-old, their family decided that they are going to go to the Mecca of all Meccas, Cheesecake Factory, with 72 pages on the menu. And Nelba Marquez Green says she cannot explain why she felt compelled to let something happen at dinner that day. But she allowed Anna Grace to get two desserts. December 13th, 2012, nativity scene broken, baby Jesus on the floor, cheesecake factory, Anna Grace gets two desserts. And then on December 14th, 2012. It wasn't baby Jesus broken in pieces on the ground. It was Anna Grace. We say it's the most wonderful time of the year. But sometimes it can be the most difficult time of the year. At Anna Grace's funeral, this is something that um, Nova Marquez shared in an interview. She says, but when they were lowering Anna Grace's casket into the ground and the weeping was just so loud, my husband began to sing. My husband began to sing. And then Nelba Marquez Green goes on to say this, I want to proclaim Anna Grace's life two times more loud than her death. Somehow when Advent, somehow when life, somehow when the world feels like a wilderness, when it's the most difficult time, not of the year, but the most difficult time of an age, most difficult time of a decade, most difficult time of years gone by. Somehow, some way, people can figure out what does it look like to have this other reality that in the midst of the wilderness, we might still decide to sing. 
You know, that's what Advent is all about. Greer kind of preached, preached the sermon a little bit, and Emma preached the sermon a little bit, that we're going to sing, joyful, joyful, Lord, we adore thee. In the midst of what can be the most difficult time, joyful, joyful, Lord, we adore thee. When it seems like everything is broken and being torn apart, joyful, joyful, Lord, we adore thee. Even when people go to bed hungry at night, that somehow in the midst of this weary world, we will try our very best to rejoice. And Advent is this moment when we say, when we wait and we're longing and we're striving, but we do so waiting with hope. We will not be punked with the gift. And so this passage of scripture in Isaiah chapter 35, Walter Brueggemann says this about uh, what does it look like whenever the prophet Isaiah is speaking to God's people who find themselves in a desperate situation. He says this, that Israel's doxologies are characteristically against the data. Basically what that means is Israel's songs, Israel's words, Israel's postures don't ever seem to make sense based on their current circumstance. That their doxologies, their words of praise always seem to be against the data. Okay, you are foreigners in a strange land, but you are going to speak as though you know you're God's beloved. You, you, you have been pushed to the margins, but you're going to speak as though you're at the center. That's how um, they sing a song to remind themselves that the wilderness is not it. That in the midst of their present circumstances, there is this competing reality that as death is being lowered into the ground, you can still sing. And so um, the prophet Isaiah talks about how in the wilderness, vegetation is going to like burst forth. That where there is dry places, you're going to see pools of water that those who find themselves weeping are going to sing now an everlasting song. But you know my favorite image in this particular passage, this passage where God shows us that God is the God of reversals and turns everything around, is this small little plant, this small little flower called the crocus. Isaiah says that the crocus will blossom in the wilderness. Now, let me tell you something about the crocus, friends. The crocus has this uncanny ability to survive in very difficult circumstances. Crocus, or croci, depending on the plural, crocuses, if you're from South Carolina, crocuses can literally be in a place where there is no water, and all of a sudden, crocus will come up in the midst of rocks or rubble. That you can be literally in a desert place or in a wilderness, and all of a sudden, you will have these crocuses who just are just like blossoming, even if, even if they are not, uh, quote unquote, in the right circumstances for their growth or development. The thing about the crocus is that it doesn't need the circumstances to be right. It can thrive despite the circumstances. It survives despite the circumstances. 
And every Advent, we are reminded of the one who comes to us. Despite the circumstances. That Christ comes to be the competing reality. That when it is the most difficult time, when it is the most difficult week, when it is the most difficult age, God, our crocus, comes up. God incarnate, wrapped up in human flesh, pops up. Not so worried about the circumstances. Are people ready for me? Will they make room for me? Every single thing that could have thwarted even the birth of Jesus, this young girl who had to bring this son into the world, this father who's not quite sure how he became the father, this innkeeper who was like, I don't have any more space. You should have gotten on Travelocity a little bit earlier. All of these circumstances. There's no place to put you down, so I'm going to have to put you into a trough where the animals, come on friends, we love to domesticate the story, but animals, every single thing that could have blocked the gift, but like the crocus, this competing reality comes for us. That in the wilderness, vegetation, that a dry place, pools of water, those who are weeping sing an everlasting song of joy. Advent is not for us to pretend like everything is okay. Advent is not um, just this little season to kind of be sad one Sunday and then to try to get onto the rejoicing. Advent is to proclaim that the one who came into the world despite the circumstances is the one that we can call on over and over and over and over and over and over again in the midst of our circumstances because his survival is not dependent on the circumstances. Christ's survival is despite If this is not the most wonderful time of the year for you, I pray the crocus would bloom. That you would have this moment when something would burst forth for you, a kind word, the hug at just the right time, the text message that comes unexpected, maybe even a miracle that you cannot explain, that you might recognize that this God who comes to people who are in exile, to those whose lives have been torn apart, but a God who can say, but I promise you that the wilderness will become like vegetation. And that dry land will become like pools of water. And that a crocus will appear to remind you that I can come in the midst of the worst time to turn everything around. You know, yesterday, Nelba Marquez Green, Anna Grace's mom, put on Twitter this question, what good have you done for others? And what good have you received? 
this woman who saw her child lowered into the ground, asking us, what good have you done for others? And oh, might you tell me what good you might have received. Because even in the wilderness, we get a gift that gives us the courage, that grants us the faith, that shows us that we can sing a new song. This weary world will rejoice. Will you pray with me? Lord, we don't always understand how you're able to do it. We don't always know when you're going to show up in our lives. And God, we're even honest that there are moments when we cannot feel things shifting. And then you give us the season of Advent that can be stark, that can be as hard as pig iron, as Howard Thurman would say, that feels so devoid of light, that groans with the heaviness of this world. But we're reminded in the season of Advent of all of these things, not to feel overwhelmed by these things, but to also proclaim that light shines in the darkness, and that darkness cannot overcome it. We are asking, O oh God, that you might give us a song in the wilderness that we might remind ourselves that because you are the God of reversals, that you are a God who turns everything on its head, that what we might know to be difficult or hard or broken, what might feel abandoned or rejected or even pushed to the side, that a day is coming when we might know what it is to rejoice. That a day is coming when we'll know what it is to lift up our heads, O mighty gates. That a day is coming when our pit existence will be turned to the high mountain existence. That a day is coming that our sackcloth for our sorrow will be turned to a mantle of joy about our shoulders and that our heads that may be bowed low will one day adorn by a crown of righteousness. This season, oh God, is difficult. 
but it doesn't last forever. Because you who are the coming Messiah, you are our song in the wilderness. And for that, we will give you thanks and praise. Lord, for those who might be going through some difficult circumstances right now, who for them it felt like life and death even to get to this place, who it might even hurt to say, joyful, joyful, when there is no joy. God, would you begin to sing a new song over them? A song that you have not forgotten, that you will not leave us or forsake us, that your name is Emmanuel, that God will be with us. As the prophet Isaiah would say, speak tenderly to your people, O God. Would you do that? That we might know that even if it feels like it's the most difficult time of the year, that you might come, wonderful counselor, to make it glorious and wonderful and beautiful. We ask this, Lord, believing that you can survive all circumstances. It's in your name that we pray.